Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy Friday. We got your mailbag questions coming up. Of course, Tampa Bay Bucks are beginning their preparations or continuing them for their Monday night football game, so no game Sunday. So we'll discuss that game uh, when we get to, to uh, Monday night football. But it was a, a big day for the Tampa Bay Rays. They had a walk-off win against the Angels. Manuel Margot with the, uh, the base hit driving a couple runs there in the ninth inning, and so they take that series. Uh, and now, uh, as we tape this podcast of course the Orioles again in another <laughs> another tight game they seem to win them all um I don't I don't think there's enough time just yet Steve for for them really to, to run them down especially that they would Orioles own the tiebreaker well let, let me put it this way so the Rays at best could finish 102 and 60 if okay. they go 8 and 0 from here on out okay so if they win all eight games they go 102 and 60 uh-huh. The Orioles game tonight has not been completed. They're tied 2-2 in the eighth inning. Uh-huh. But including tonight's game, they have 10 games remaining. Okay. The Orioles can go no better than 6-4 and four for the Rays to be able to beat the Orioles. Okay. If the, so if the Rays won all their games. Won all eight. So the Orioles can't go any better than 6-4 right. and four for the Rays to catch. So let's, let's say the Rays go 6-2. and two. In the last eight, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. doable. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and they're playing Toronto. What for six of the games and Boston for two, mm-hmm. and Toronto's fighting for a playoff spot. So if the Rays were to go six and two the rest of the way, what what then would uh, the Orioles can do? No better than four and six. Yeah, see, including that's... tonight's game. And and as you hear this, that may be over, and it may be four and they five, or maybe three and six. They can go. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's virtually barring really what would amount to an Orioles collapse and then the Rays right. winning, as you said, four out of the last six or so. What's amazing is that they could win over, they could still possibly win over a hundred games and mm-hmm. not win the division. Well, if they it's go six a, and two, they'll be a hundred and sixty-two. It's crazy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how you win a hundred games is second time Kevin Cash has done it, and and that's not enough, especially with the start that they had. All the injuries to win a hundred games with this yeah. team. I mean, they're the, they're the fourth year. best team in baseball, the second best team in the American League, and they're not going right. to win the division. Incredible. Can't have nice things. Nope. It's just incredible. I don't know what you, what else you can do, and then and then to suffer all that and still hang in there the way they have. Got a hell of a year, man. I mean, they you know they're still playing good baseball. They they probably should have won one more game, maybe against the Angels, who aren't a very good team, but you know it happens, right? They played that mm-hmm. one game where they knew that Baltimore had won the other night. And just kind of came out flat, man. Didn't do anything offensively, defensively. It was just a bad game. But they have, they have, you know, gotten themselves this far and to to get anywhere near 100 wins. I remember, you know, if you win 90 in in Major League Baseball, that's usually a pretty pretty high water mark, um, much less 100 games. So, just uh, credit to the Orioles, man. They've been a tough out. They've they've. They keep winning and and have not uh, allowed the Rays to uh, gain much ground. And I think that series, especially that mm-hmm. Sunday game, 
that they blew the lead in the ninth inning, that that one is the one that they'll look back on and say, we, we needed yeah. that one. Well, with eight games to play, they already have eight more wins than they had last year. The Rays, you mean? Yeah, they finished 86 and 76 last That's right. season. You're right. They didn't win 90. You're right. Yeah, they're 94 and 60 right now with eight more games to play. Incredible. And with all those injuries, I mean, just, you know, mm-hmm. go down the line and pretty much the entire starting staff and and others. So it, it's been a great year. Yeah. And listen. Yeah, I mean, remember remember the starting staff at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So McClanahan. Shane McClanahan. Glass now is hurt, but coming back. He didn't start, right? Uh, Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. Springs. Yeah, uh, you know, and and both of those guys got off to really good starts. Yeah, they only pitched a couple games. That you know, I think Springs was two Springs games. Springs had given up any runs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Rasmussen had gone four or five games before he got hurt. Right. But I mean, those three are all gone. Yeah, you had to trade to get Savali. Latell, you all of a sudden made a starter. Taj Bradley came up. Mm-hmm. You know, Eflin's been the only consistent all year, pretty much. Yeah. And he leads them in wins, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he he, and, and even having said all of that, okay, look, they're they're still going to probably host a series if they're the first wild card, which seems to be all but in the bag, and if they won those two out of three, you know, you're you're where you would be anyway at, at that point. Um, it, it won't help them because of the pitching might be jacked up, and you know, there's a lot of different things that could go on. But heck, man, you get in the postseason, and the thing that's always gotten them in the past is they just haven't swung the bats. They still have three plus plus starting pitchers that they can throw out there, and their bullpen of late has been pretty much lights out. It's a little it's a little settled now, mm-hmm. so. You know, you're not going to just roll over in the fetal position here. I mean, I think I think they have a chance to, to make a run at this. What I look at, though, and I'll just say, like, the macro of all this, no one's beating the Atlanta Braves. No one. I That team, you can start going down the numbers of guys with 30 home runs and the kind of year Acuna's had. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how good they are. I, I just don't see it. But... Stranger things have happened. But you know the the, the thing is, runs. is and, and you say how good they are, and and regular season doesn't necessarily mean no, you know the end of his record. Doesn't. But you realize they're but, only two games better than the Orioles. That's true. They're only that's four games point. better than the Rays. That's a good point. Now they don't play in the same no league. Yeah, but, I mean they're different. Yeah. You know, I mean you're playing different teams at different times and that. But sure, you know, as good as but, the Braves have been and look, and you you look at that lineup and that, and you go, wow, but but. The Orioles have won as many games. The yeah. Orioles are two games back, and the Rays are four games behind them. Incredible. And Dodgers yeah. are, I don't know, three or four, something in that range. Three and a yeah. half, I think. Yeah. And by my quick math, I think if the Rays win one more game, mm-hmm. they clinch a first round. They would clinch hosting the wild card game. They would clinch the top wild card. They would card. get that first at, wild card. At worst case, yeah. the, the first wild card. They could still win the division. But. Yeah, but they would they would clinch getting the first I, wild card. I believe card. by my quick math here, I think Houston, they still need one more win to pass Houston who could end up in that first wild card. And then it's, it's two day. out of three. So you could potentially win the first two and call it a day. Yeah, and all three of those games are at home. So Yeah. No, that's that's a huge advantage. And like I said, you know, once you get there, you – you, know, you check out the regular season records and, you, and mm-hmm. you go for it. And maybe, maybe this will be the year that they swing the bats. They've certainly had a great year offensively. 
Um, you know, you imagine though, like, and you can't do this because it's just, oh, by the way, not just the injuries to the pitchers, but how about if Wander Franco was still in the lineup? You know, I mean, there's so much they've, that has been taken from this team, and yet they've still managed to win games at a high high rate. Mm-hmm. And right now they're missing Jose Siri still. They're missing Siri, yeah. You know, I mean, he's one of the leaders in home runs on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was at the time he left. You know, you hope he's back for the playoffs? Right. That is the hope with the uh, fracture. So, mm-hmm. no, all is not lost. I mean, look um, – one day they'll get over the hump. You know, one day they'll they'll keep getting into postseason. You put yourself in contention, winning the American League East, uh, getting to the playoffs, and then hopefully you make a run. And that's that's all you can do. You know, they're almost in the position. It's weird. Like the Lightning are there. You know, after their Columbus debacle many years ago, it was like, yeah, you know, the regular season that's really nice. But hey, nothing matters until you get to the postseason anyway. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the company that the Rays are in. So you expect it. It's not easy. You shouldn't take it for granted. But it's like, okay, great. Now now what are you going to do in October? <laughs> that's really what we're all waiting for, right? Mm-hmm. So, And that's a credit to them because they, they become that team that is, is a perennial playoff contender. Yep. If you can make the playoffs, you could certainly win a World Series and have been to two of them. So we'll see. All right, we'll get to your mailbag questions here in just a minute. But first, you guys already know that it's hurricane season. We've had one through here, but there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar, our sponsors, offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power... A generator could cost over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can just add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, it's time for our uh, mailbag questions uh, to end the week with. Let's get started. We'll start with Cognitively Dissonant, who sent this on Sunday. says, I'm absolutely loving Baker baking. Game was fun today. Is this real or an early Fitzmagic mirage? <laughs> Fitzmagic mirage. I like that. That's uh, that's kind of alliterative. Um, I think it's real, but I think it's really early. And what I mean by that is it's not Fitzmagic in that you know, Ryan started that season. Of course, Jameis Winston was suspended for the first three games. He played really, really well, but they won a lot on on some deep shots. And it was him and Deshaun Jackson got hot. Um, I remember them winning like a forty something to thirty eight game or something like that in New Orleans to open the season. Uh, he threw for over four hundred yards and four touchdowns in each of his first three games. But where Fitz Magic was in his career and sort of what he had been as a quarterback always always to me seemed unsustainable. Um, he was an older player than Baker Mayfield is now, and he had been a journeyman for some time as, as a backup quarterback. I think that, look, is Baker going to be as hot as he is right now in terms of like execution on third down, certain things like that? No. Can he get much better in the red zone where they need to get better? Absolutely. They were one of four, I think, the other day uh, in the red zone. 
but I don't think it's a mirage in the sense that this is a talented guy with talented players around him who is really bought in, you know, like he's bought in to Dave Canales' system. He's bought into you protect the football first and every possession with a kick. We got a chance, you know, and I, the one thing I don't think he gets enough credit for, for whatever reason is, you know, Brady and, and Manning and those guys were at a different level in terms of diagnosing plays and understanding what defenses are doing. Baker's really, really good at it. Like he, he gets, he gets ball. You know what I mean? Like he knows what he's seeing. And for him, it's just, Hey, don't put the ball in harm's way. You got a good defense, play field position and, and just do everything you can, you know, just win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. And I don't think he can play better in on third down. He can play better in the red zone. And I think as an offense, they're only going to get better with time on task. The more the offensive line is together, the more Rashad White feels where those creases are going to be in those zone runs, et cetera. I think they're going to be better and better. But you look at the chemistry he already has with Godwin, with Mike Evans, uh, Trey Palmer. It's pretty impressive to be this early in the season, and it's a testament to how much work they did in the offseason. I mean, when Fitzpatrick was here and he took over, it was kind of a yeah, but. It was always like you knew that Jameis Winston was going to come back, and at some point they're going to turn to him and let him play. That's not the case with Baker, so that's different, right? So there was a there was a lot of different dynamics that were going on with with Ryan, which which was a great four weeks. It was hilarious. Remember we put on like the the jewelry and the the coat and everything from uh, from Deshaun Jackson after the game after they beat Philadelphia. Um, but no, I I I do think it's sustainable. I I don't think they're going to win every game. They're not going to go seventeen and zero. He's going to have some bad games. Wait, 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 wait. Breaking news here. Well, I know. I mean, the Dolphins are still, you know, that that champagne's on ice. I mean, they there's, but they're they're worried about the Bucks winning it all. But, um, but at some point, they're they're probably probably going to get theirs. But it it doesn't have to be because Baker is a mirage. I don't think Baker. I think Baker is a is a pretty good quarterback. Is he top ten? Probably not. Um. But he's certainly more than just one of 32, more than just a guy. And this is his best last chance to prove it. He's in a he has really good headspace about him. I think he enjoys this organization that all seems to be pulling in the right direction. There's enough players with pedigree and Super Bowl rings that know what it takes. They just shut up and work. I mean, it's really interesting to watch. And um, it's going to be tough on for them, I think, Monday night. But... This is not this is not Fitzmagic. This is not a guy that's just going to go away and you'll never hear from him. You know, just journeyman backup. That's his story. Um, I think Baker has a chance to reestablish himself as a pretty good starter in this league. Jim tweeted us. He says, looking back at the TD drive to Mike Evans on Sunday, would you agree that Baker made plays to keep it alive that Tom Brady couldn't have or wouldn't have made? Yeah, I mean they're different quarterbacks. And, you know, Tom may have made plays that Baker couldn't or wouldn't have made, and 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 that's the thing. Like, you know, um, is it nice to have a guy, you know, that if the if the offensive line or someone gets beat, you can make somebody miss, extend a play? Sure, it is. It's great. And and Baker does it a different way than say Justin Fields does it, right? I mean, um, he had 
one guy just shook off his back, uh, and he's not looking to run, but yet he's mobile. And, and you know, a lot of the offense is about the bootlegs and the waggles and getting them outside on the edge and so on. And so from that standpoint, yeah, he can avoid the rush at times, whereas Tom could not. But what Tom could do is no matter what you threw at him, he would see it, and then he would get rid of the ball. Now, sometimes way too fast, but he wasn't going to stand back there and take hits or make mistakes. Um, so I don't know you could ever say that, you know, you would rather have sort of this version of a, of a mobile enough Baker versus the, the best version of Tom Brady. Um, there's only one goat, and they just do it a different way. But to the point that for the offensive line, let's say, you know, it's nice that if everything's not perfect, he can still create or he can still pick up a first down with his feet. You get one or two first downs out of your quarterback every every game. Remember, that leads to three plays, which might lead to six more plays, which might lead to nine more plays. That's how you win. And so I do think that, you know, it's a, it's a good attribute of Baker's to be able to escape pressure, but he's still trying to just get the ball out of his hands. He's not looking to run he's not looking to run around and, and be the hero um but he has used his mobility and his escapability moreover um you know for good for good cause than than going the other way and, and it not being good but but yeah i i still say that you know they do it a different way brady purely from the pocket and you know he's seen it all done it all you would you would probably in his prime, or at least at the end of his of his career, you would probably prefer Brady over Baker Mayfield any day. Um, but the way Baker's playing, yeah. And, and I think especially with that offensive line where only one guy, Robert Hainsey, is in the same spot that he's been in the last few years. You know, that lack of continuity, um, probably good that Baker can, can at least avoid the rush for a little while until they, they get uh, used to playing together. Michael in Scotland tweeted us. He says, will Baker Mayfield win more games this year than Tom Brady did last season? Did you say Scotland? Let's just, I did. Let's just acknowledge that. Okay? From across the pond. We're global, man. We are global. We, we've got, I don't know, some 17. We lost count how many countries. Oh, it's more than that, that now. People listen. Yeah, 20. I haven't I looked in a while, but yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really cool, actually. That's the one thing about this medium I enjoy, like the podcasting, is that you don't know where someone's listening, and they can listen from anywhere on you know on their uh, iTunes or any of those. But it's really cool, Scotland. Um, wish I could do a Scottish accent. I don't do it one very well. So, will Baker win it? more games than Tom? Than Tom did last year, correct? Which was eight. <sighs> Man. It's already a quarter of the way there. <laughs> he is. Uh oh. I think he could win nine. I I think I think the upside the the very up the the very upside of this team would be ten wins. Uh, if everything went well, I think they they could maybe get to ten. Nine with certain circumstances where they're not resting players. I mean, Tom could have won nine last year. And they took everybody out against Atlanta. Yes, he could win more games than Tom Brady did last year. I think that's possible. 
Uh, is it likely? Not what I picked at the beginning of the year, but also I didn't think they'd be 2-0 at this point. So, um, again, you need things like good health from not just yourself, but the offensive line, your wide receivers, all of that. It's an awful long way to go. But I do like the direction. And I also think the other advantage is that Dave Canales is in his first year, and I think he's going to get better, and the offense is going to get better the more these guys have time on task. You know, he's not called plays. Um, and the game plans will be tweaked and so on and so forth. Whereas you just kind of felt just from a schematic standpoint, they weren't going to get better because they were what they were. You know, they'd had this offense for years and years. The difference was there was no Bruce Arians to tweak it. Um, and so they struggled. But, yeah, I I think I think he does have a chance. And, and and not by many, by one, you know, maybe nine games. Uh, it's not like I don't think they're going, you know, twelve and five, but I I do think he has a chance. And so much variables on that with health and everything else, of course. All right, John tweeted us. He says Baker Mayfield's playing with the least amount of media and fan pressure on him since likely before college. Do you think that's a contributing reason for his solid start here, contrasted to Deshaun Watson? who went from no pressure in Houston to a headline in the Cleveland Plain Dealer that says, if Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson can't play like a star, can he at least play like Baker Mayfield? Ouch, babe. They're getting on Deshaun already? Yep. That's a that's quite a headline. <laughs> um, listen, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson because of what they paid him and what they guaranteed him, which was everything. That's just the way it works. Too much that is given, much is expected, right? So from that standpoint, Deshaun's getting everything that he deserves in terms of scrutiny, spotlight, all of that. Is there as much on Baker Mayfield right now? Probably not. But what I like about this version of Baker Mayfield is that he's not he's not out there looking for the next interview or the progressive commercial and that sort of thing. Um, in fact, I know this uh, for a fact that he's turned down a lot of requests with national media. I mean, he is 2-0, and so he's a good story. But he's turned down a lot of opportunities to talk about himself about with national media, all these features and stuff, because it just doesn't matter to him anymore. Like, he has grown up as a quarterback, and he knows for this to work, for him to have a great career, for him to have a long career as a starter in this league, the only thing that matters is that they win games and, and, and all the interviews and all that other stuff uh, at the end of the day doesn't. So I don't know. I don't. And the other thing I don't really necessarily buy into is I think the media, I think if you're in the NFL, you know, it, the media is everywhere. It's not just local. It's not like, Oh, the girls guys in Tampa, boy, I'll tell you what, they're really soft. You're going to get it from everybody. There's a plenty of no shortage of Baker Mayfield haters out there. Uh, from all over so that part uh i don't i don't really buy into like well it's so much harder here than there but i do think there's probably a little bit more pressure or maybe a lot more pressure on deshaun watson because the highest paid guy in the league and you know and and baker is is somebody trying to reclaim you know his career so that's just that's just part of it. When you pay somebody that much money, again, much is expected. But 
I don't know. It's be, I don't think it's because there's not much media pressure here that Baker's thriving. I think Baker's fr- thriving because he doesn't care about media attention. It doesn't matter to him anymore. He's had it. He's done all those things. And you know where it got him? Nowhere. Four teams in, in a calendar uh, year or so. So he just he just wants to play ball, focus, and and then you know prove to everybody that he's still that guy. Les tweeted us. He says, "Rick, in a way too early forecast, if a big if," he says, "Baker keeps playing this way. What contract could we expect from the Bucks? Money in years, or do you think they move off him regardless of how the season turns out and address the position in a quarterback rich draft?" Well, maybe a quarterback rich draft, but if their consideration is Baker Mayfield, that means that they've won. They've won nine games. They've gotten into the postseason. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they win a playoff game here or there. Maybe they won 10. I don't know. And so from that standpoint, you would probably be remiss. I mean, it's a little like what Seattle has gone through with Geno Smith, right? I mean, Geno won the comeback player of the year, not because he came back from anything except being benched basically for six seasons. And, you know, then he hit it, and they won nine games, and they really liked him. And I think this would be probably similar, is that, you know, he got a three-year contract at around $30, $35 million, I want to say. Maybe a little shy of that. A good bit of it, two years of it, probably guaranteed. That's the sort of thing I think Baker is playing for. And I, I do think that if they, especially if they win the division or, God forbid, you know, have double-digit victories or something like that. I think, you know, yeah, he's going to get his contract. I mean, that's he's he's on a one-year, $4 million deal, which is nothing. It's not even really backup money for a good backup. Andy Dalton makes more than that. Andy Dalton, by the way, is going to start, I think, this mm-hmm. weekend for Carolina. Yes, he is. Uh, and I think that's – I know they say it's an ankle. I think it's as much as, hey, let's not lose this kid's confidence. He, he needs to step back and, and, and see how this is done before our season gets away. But, yeah, I mean, Baker is looking, I think, at another contract. Now, you could go into free agency, but if you win, if you're going to consider giving a deal, that means that you've won too many games to be in the top 5, 10, 12 players anyway, and you're probably not going to get that guy that you want, you know, in this rich quarterback class. So, Baker wins. I think he gets the contract extension, and I think he's their quarterback going forward. All right, you got an email question. It says, what are your thoughts on Shaq Barrett continually answering questions about his daughter that passed away? I understand that certain media members will say that he opened the door for the discussion, but at the same time, why continually ask the questions? So for every good play he performs this season, the media will ask him, what does this mean because your daughter died? The media usually respects the private life of a player. Perhaps this, above all, would be the time to let this man grieve in his own way and not repeatedly ask questions to remind him of the terrible memory albeit one that he is honoring in his own way. The media should be a conduit between the player and the fan. There is no question all fans know that he is grieving, hurt, depressed, and in pain over the loss of his daughter. Why remind him of that every single press conference he performs? Um, well, it's a good question. I, I don't think that's what we do, first of all. I don't think we, we, we remind him. Those reminders are there with him. He lives it every single day, and he does talk about it. Uh, and, and he talked about it. Uh, after he scored the touchdown. He looked directly into a camera and said of his late daughter that he loves her, etc. Okay? Look, Shaq Barrett, in addition to what the, the, the personal tragedy that befell them, 
was is coming off a torn Achilles, which is not an injury that many players really return to at any any level, especially one that's in his thirties that you know needs that that push off, that quick get off to do his job. And he had just played a game where he had a sack and won the game, essentially sealed the game with an incredible one-handed interception, right, for a touchdown. Now, it wasn't the first question. And, in fact, had he not looked into the camera and said what he said, maybe maybe it's not that prominent of a deal. Um, but Shaq has also been one who started a foundation in his daughter's name, uh, who has been an advocate for people, you know, taking time to, to address mental health issues, which he readily admits that him, his wife, his kids have all had and have, have gone to counseling as a result of it. So this is an advocate. And, you know, it, we kind of leave it up to him how much he wants to say or when he wants to say it. But this was the first game where he was sort of the hero, you know, and he looked right in the camera and said what he said. I mean, you just kind of follow that that moment and that lead. And, you know, our job, I believe we are a conduit to the fans because we have access to Shaq. And if we see something and, you know, we recognize that the guy's still going through some stuff and he wants to talk about it. And we're going to give him that platform. I mean, he could stand up there and say, hey, guys, you know what? I'm not, you know, we're not going down that road again. I'm moving forward. You know, he can say whatever he wants to say. Um, but he spent, when he, when he got on the subject, he was up there quite a while talking about all kinds of things. And Shaq's a smart guy. You know, when Shaq doesn't want to discuss it, he won't discuss it. You know, I don't think people go around, you know, trying to ask him about it but in that context the context of scoring a touchdown having a great game the first great game that he's had since the injury and then it looking into a camera and acknowledging her that's the cue that okay well, we have to describe sort of what happened for people who didn't see it and if we're going to do that then we're going to ask him about it and if we're going to ask him about it he's going to stand up there as he did and talk for five minutes so that's kind of how that goes. It's not like, oh, when is this stupid me? You're going to let the poor guy just get past it. Well, first of all, he's never getting past it. Ever, ever, ever. Okay. And frankly, I think he, he wants to carry her memory with him. And no matter what he does, he honors her. And he thinks about her. And it's a story when the guy volunteers during that moment that, Hey, last week I was really struggling. I had to call my wife. I was just, you know, couldn't really get into getting ready for the game, etc. Uh, and I think he tells those stories so that he let he lets others know that, you know, it can get better, and you know things happen, but um, you can seek help. So I, I do appreciate the question. I think this, you're not the only one probably thinking that. And and quite frankly, I I'm not looking to, you know, if, if he has another big game, the first question out of my mouth or, or any of the questions was not going to be, hey, were you thinking about your daughter? But you know what? He always thinks about her, and he should. He's proud of her. She was a gorgeous little girl. It's it's an absolute tragedy what happened. But in that, you want to keep 
her spirit alive, her memory alive, then this is what you do. You look into cameras and you, and you tell them how much you love them and miss them. And, and then that becomes a story. It just is. So we'll see what happens from here on out, but I don't, I don't think anybody needs to owes any apologies for having a discussion with what he was already demonstrated was on his mind. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll switch to baseball now, and Josh emailed you. He said, huge fan of the show. Was curious about what may happen to Ferg's with the new stadium deal. Great local sports bar, and it's always my starting point when I attend a game. Thanks for hosting my favorite podcast. You're welcome. And uh, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I got the emails to prove it, so we're happy to do it. Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to, to, to Mark Ferguson. I think with the kind of development they're talking about down there, it could be very expensive to lease a place. Uh, there's going to be, I think, options. It's not just going to be sort of Ferg's and nothing else. But I hope they stay in business, and I, I, you know, maybe they maybe they move into one of the newer venues on the plaza, or whatever they're going to build down there. I don't know. That's a financial decision. I think it's great that you're going to have some options, though. I think it's going to be absolutely gorgeous when they when they get done with it. If you if if you look at the plans that they have and how much space and how many restaurants and different housing things and whatnot, so I think you'll have choices now, and that'll be a good thing. But I mean, Ferg's man. You know, that's an institution I mean, that, uh, you know, that's been there from the beginning and you hope that it's still there in some form or fashion. But I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be something that, you know, someone's going to have to knock down or anything. I mean, it, it, you know, it's still in proximity going to be pretty much across from the trop because the mm-hmm. trop's going to be built sort of where the parking lot is. So it's still a very useful venue, uh, you know, for eating and drinking before or after a game. Doug at email juice says, I never miss your podcast. You're the best. I was wondering why no reporter has tried to get more details about Wanda Franco's charges in the Dominican. I haven't heard of anyone even trying to interview him. This is, there is total silence. Isn't that strange? I don't know that it's strange. And yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, you think we're the best because you know what we are. Um, <laughs> I think that and in the most humble as well. Absolutely. I, I think, I think that, this is one of those stories that's very difficult to gather information about, much less from another nation. I mean, you have the language barrier. You have a different political system, criminal mm-hmm. system altogether. Um, and who knows who even makes the decisions down there as to what to investigate, how much you're going to investigate, or who you know who's willing to talk to you about it. Um, and you may or may not speak that language. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's strange or odd or any of those things, but I I do think it's n- probably not good for Wander. In other words, mm-hmm. to me, the longer this goes, um, 
the more likely it is that baseball is going to end up with some kind of punishment. And, and possibly the longer it goes, more people are coming forward. I mean, this is what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you had contacts in the States, it wouldn't preclude from what they're doing, you know, over there. So this is a weird one, man. I, I, I don't think anybody's sweeping it under the rug. I don't think there's a lack of interest. I know as reporters, we're still trying to pursue the story and, and find out as much as we can. I was going to say, I'm sure there's been many reporters asking to speak to Wonder. I would imagine. You, based on the, uh, the, the sensitivity of the topic, you're not out there right. going, I asked to speak to Wander and they turned us down. Or Exactly, right. You know, right, I mean, that right, comes right. up occasionally. In this type of story, it's not. Right. You know, I'm sure there's many reporters. But, yeah, the, the country difference, the language difference, all that factors in this it's hard man it's hard to break through that i mean i've done lots of lots of cases local you know state local national from from tampa from florida and it's hard to get information even when you have contacts in those areas i don't know where you'd begin to try to you know get those high level Mm -hmm. government officials to tell you stuff the other thing for reporters too is that you don't want to be wrong no. So as you're trying to gather information, and then you right. add the, it's in a different country, the languages, the all this stuff. You got to make sure you're right. If, if you're if you found out anything about this story and are going with it, like you can't be wrong in this one. There's also an ickiness about this in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about minor women or or people that are not adults, perhaps, and, you know, there's identity issues with that victims of sexual assault that we don't identify like there's a lot here that does it's not one of those stories where everybody's on the record and there's documentation and there's you know so it's one of those where you have to let the the investigators investigate and then find out from them what they're finding and when you find and then 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 you write that right so you got to let the process uh take its course but I don't think it's a lack for look. In fact, I know it's not a lack. You know, no one has just said, "Ah, the heck with it." You no, know, we're not going to pursue that story. That's 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 no story. No, lots of interest in it and lots of effort to try to find out some things. But again, man, there's just so many layers to this, and not the least of which is it involves you know another country and and a Spanish speaking country, and so. Uh, that's definitely going to make it difficult just to get the information. But I don't, I don't never, never, never interpret a lack of stories as a lack of reporting because I have spent year on a story and it took me that long to even get it into the paper or online. Um, but it didn't mean I wasn't interested and, and wasn't trying to develop the truth and write about write what was going on or what had happened. It just, that's sort of where we're in that spot now where there's not a lot of information coming out of anywhere. Um, don't even know who his attorney is necessarily, if he has one in the States. He does. Does he have, you know, I mean, all that stuff, you know, is there one in Dominican? Like, there's so much. I think he's got attorneys in both. The one in the States uh, handled a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates player that ha- went through that's right. similar that's type correct. allegations. Yeah, that. right. And, and And if it's not in their interest to talk to the media, they're not going to. You know, mm-hmm. like there'll, there'll be a time and place for that. So I don't know. I would just say this, that this is not going to be solved very t- very soon. And the way that, you know, almost I would interpret like 
no news as if you can't get exonerated quickly, it's probably not good news for Wanda Franco. That's just my opinion. I don't know anything uh, about what may or may not have occurred, but it seems to me that it would be in baseball's best interest and those nations' best interest, everyone's best interest to, you know, drop the charges or, 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 you know, let this guy resume his major league career if that's the way it's headed and there's no evidence. So, um, I don't. I wouldn't take that as a great sign for for Wander's future here right now. Before we get to our next question, the Indians mm-hmm. scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth and beat the Orioles five to two. Ooh, okay, all right. I see you, Orioles. We lost two in a row now. Yeah. So they're the Rays now a game and a half back. Just think if the Rays had won that game the other night, would that they struck out a franchise record nineteen, 19 batters yeah. and still managed yeah. to lose? They'd be in really good so. position. Kevin Cash's uh, dear friend Terry Francona helping the helping them out the Rays baby. out. So there you go. Let's see if they That's can take awesome. three more this weekend. Well, that'd be great, you know, to see sort of a, a dramatic last game yeah. of the season type situation, you know. And this may be I I, I'm a, I don't know if the Guardians are on the road next week. This may be Francona's last homestand. That's right. Because he may retire at the end of the year. It sounds like he probably leaning that way. Had enough, huh? Yeah. So Ryan had tweeted us. He says, can the Rays just end the Jonathan Aranda thing? He isn't good enough for a contender. Looks like a 4A type player. I don't like the 4A thing kind of throws me a little bit, but here's what I would say about Aranda because I think he's a really good hitter. He's hit at every level except the major leagues. Mm -hmm. And what's weird about it is like usually you come up here and you get beat on sliders, you get beat on breaking stuff, you know, wicked breaking stuff, change ups, you know, it's just the movement of the ball, like all those things. Aranda has struggled with the fastball, which is really weird because usually guys wear that out. Um, but anytime you're a, a player that, you know, is up for 10 at bats, eight at bats, 12 at bats, back down again and they've got options I, I can't think of anything that would be harder than that as a position guy than to shuttle back and forth and the pressure you must put on yourself to like okay I'm going to get four at bats here or mm-hmm. I'm going to get two at bats um, that's different than when you've arrived or you go to spring training and you win a job and they go yeah you're our second baseman or you're our you know swing infielder reserve infielder or whatever you're part of the 25 man go out there and play you've earned this it's just different it's just it's a different role it's a different feeling a different pressure and i i don't think you you give up on him until you have an opportunity for him to play you know more than a week at a time um now he may never get there but i think he's done enough in triple a he's dominated mm-hmm. at that level that I think all that's left for him is the majors, right? This is the where you find out, can he play at this level or not? But it's going to take probably going to spring training and earning one of those reserve jobs or mm-hmm. getting on that 25-man roster and then staying there long enough to see what he is. I, I think he's going to hit. He's hit everywhere he's been. But for some reason, it's just not translating in the majors just yet. So I, I think I think he expected to make the roster out of spring training this year. I think you're right, yeah. He didn't. He struggled at the beginning of the year at Durham. Right. Then got red hot. Mm-hmm. He was raking down there. I remember. He's and and I, I think there's a lot of mental things. But, you know, mm-hmm. so far in the majors, he's had, over the course of the last two years, he's had 145 at bats. And he's only batting 193. It's not good. But 
he's a young guy, and it takes time. And and I'll I'll do a comparison on this Rays team. Right. How many how many people wanted to write off Josh Lowe after last year? Oh, everybody, yeah. Well, he had 198 at bats last year. There you and go. You were ready to write him off. There you go. And now I have no idea if Jonathan Aranda will make it in the big leagues. No clue. Right. But I, I, you can go. Wander Franco struggled when he first came up. Oh, for Willie Adamos. Willie Adamas yeah. struggled. Had to be sent back down when he first came up. Yes, he did. I mean, this it's is part of the maturation of a young player. Is is mm-hmm. occasionally you get a guy that comes up and I mean, L.A. De La Cruz for the Reds. <laughs> raked when he came up he's now been benched a couple times he's been dropped yeah. in the order to seventh and eighth because he's not hitting worth a crap right now how about that yeah you know mm-hmm. and it, it's part of what happens to young players now like i said whether aranda can make it in the big leagues time's gonna tell right. don't know but to me 145 at bats is not enough to start writing off a guy yet no you need a, you need you need to make the roster yeah. and get 500 at bats and he's not getting consistent at bats it's a day here a yeah. day there you know, you're also not playing every day. I mean, right. Taylor Walls struggled for much of his career, and all of a sudden, at the beginning of this year, he started playing every day. It's a tough. And remember job, what man. he did at the beginning of the season? No, he cooled Such off some and then got hurt. But right, yeah, coming off the bench is is really hard, and not knowing when you're in the lineup, and if you are, you know, in the lineup, maybe mm-hmm. you get three at bats and they pinch hit. It's just you're constantly trying to prove something, and you know, baseball is. We've talked about this as a failure sport. The more you can relax, um, the better you're going to be in, in in terms of confidence and things like that. And I just think there's a whole lot of pressure and expectations too because he's done so well in the minor leagues. You know, they they expect this guy to hit, and so mm-hmm. um, I I just think if you can hit a baseball, you can adjust, you can figure it out in the major league level. Some guys don't, but I think I think he will. I don't know why it hasn't happened faster. But I'm not really. I'm not ready to say that. You know, it, it's time to to just give up on him. I, I'm. I think he's. I think he's one of the brighter minor league players, and mm-hmm. for that reason, you're going to see him up here again, and and uh, he'll be given a chance next spring to make to make a permanent roster spot on the 25 man roster. We'll end on this one for the week. John had uh, tweeted says in response to your comments about the NHL salary cap, Steven Stamko seems headed for free agency after this year and Victor Hedman a year after. If it turns out that way, what do you think Julian Breezeball will do to keep them competitive for the Cup? At the moment, they don't seem to have much flexibility. Well, they don't, and that's why they're kind of in that situation with their veterans that are coming up. I mean, you know, it's a hard salary cap in the NHL. We talked about this the other night. Me personally, I mean, Stephen would be 34 when he were to get a new contract after this season. I don't know how you don't wait and see just how he holds up. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, I you know, is is he? And and I mean this in terms of determining value too. You know, it's not just like whether we want him or not. It's like what's his value now? Like what is it to the rest of the NHL? Do they see him as a frontline guy? You know, what can he still do? What can he do? How durable is he? How many games are we gonna get out of him? And there will be a consensus, I think, that, you know, they'll have a pretty good idea of what his overall value is. And it only takes one team to pay a guy, especially someone like Stamkos that's won multiple Stanley Cups. If I had to guess, I I think he's probably playing his last season in Tampa the way I think that Mike Evans is probably playing his last season in Tampa. But 
I, I don't know that for sure. And I think you have to go through the year on both sides and and see what the plan is. There may come a point where Stamkos doesn't like what, what they have left here and wants to win another cup and wants to have the ability to choose the best team. I mean, I don't, it, it really is a two-way street. But, you know, I, I think it's fascinating to me. Two of the greatest athletes in Tampa Bay history, sports history, Mike Evans and Steven Stamkos, are in the same place in the same year um, for, this, for essentially the same reasons, you know. But I think the better the team plays, and if you were able to get to a cup or, or you mm-hmm. know, that, that might help his cause because he's going to have to be a big part of that. And Stamkos, to his credit, you know, and again, he's had another offseason, which they haven't had many of. He played – he never came out last year. I can't remember him really missing any games. No, he was healthy pretty much the whole year. I may have missed a game here or there, but – Yeah, but nothing that knocked him down. Mm-hmm. No, he's probably had – I mean, if you look at the course of his career, the, the last two seasons may be his best two seasons. Yeah, scoring, assists. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. He's, he's His game, he, like, sets a lot of guys up now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's very proud of the fact that he got to 500 assists before he got to 500 goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because nobody thinks of him that way. Right. And it, it doesn't hurt that, he, you know, he can continue to play with, you know, Kucherov and Point and, you know, those kind of guys that are only going to make him look better, you know. And he'll and vice versa. So here's and this is what these are the, the factors you don't know in this case. And the lightning, presumably starting next year, a little bit of cap space starts to free up. If the cap does right. go up the four million or so it's expected Based on to revenues, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That it's expected to next year. Now yep. until they actually get there, you don't know that. Yeah. And with Stamco's contract coming off the books, you know, th- there's there's several questions in this. Is one what is Stamkos willing to play in Tampa for? Sure. Two, by the end of next year, what is other teams willing to pay him, and is he willing to relocate? I, I think, and, and same with Mike Evans, too, and, and and you could even add Devin White in that conversation, although it's a different because he's younger. But the Bucks are basically saying, we'll pay you, but show us what you are. You know, we're going we're gonna to pay you what you're at at the, at the end of next season instead of doing Not what you're ahead of Not for what you've already done. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. We're going to wait to see, you know, what you do this year and then pay you. I mean, because I fully expect the Bucks will try to resign Devin White next year. Now, Devin White will be a free agent. It's up to him. He doesn't have to sign. So with, with Stamkos, it's – I believe the Lightning want to keep him. I believe they're willing to pay him. But they want to pay a fair market value for what he's going to be. And then how long does Steven Stamkos want a contract for? That's a, that matters at thirty four yeah. as well, and and then you know, but you can also go a little longer and and make the money less, you know, which can help cap, especially if the cap keeps going up. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think when Julian Breezewell says I need more data, I, I I honestly believe the salary cap's a big part of that. Like, it's supposed to go up next year, but I can't lock in Steven Stamkos at he was making eight and a half, but even if he takes say six. Like I can't lock him in for a couple of years at that if if the cap doesn't go up because I don't have that flexibility. Right. Exactly. Now if the cap goes up four million and we expect it to go up another three four million the next year, then maybe I can. Mm-hmm. You know, but but it, but I you know Stephen Samko's being disappointed. I completely get that too. Heck but, yeah. 
And and that's what the business side of, of sports, which is ugly, can get. And especially when you've had disruptions the last few years where caps have been flat. In, in a hard cap world, you know, the NFL has a little bit easier. You can sign these huge contracts that only a portion's guaranteed and keep renegotiating out. Hockey's a hard cap. Once you sign the deal, that deal's done. There's no renegotiating it. There's no extending it out. There's no moving money around. It's whatever the average annual value is for the length of that contract. That's the salary cap hit for those years. Yeah. The cash can be, you know, some of the times the cash is paid early or paid late. But for the salary cap and, and the contract, there's it's not like the NFL where you can renegotiate. It's more like baseball in the regards. Once it's signed, it's done. Can't change it. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine Stamkos or Mike Evans not in a Tampa Bay a uniform. Different uniform, yeah. But, I mean, most athletes do end up in a different uniform by the end of the year, by the end they of their do. career. They do. Very few play for the same organization. And as I said earlier in the day, Mike Evans has now set a deadline of Saturday for Steven Stamkos to negotiate with the Lightning. It's just weird. That was a good those... line on DAE today. I know. I, I just I think it's weird that in the same year, these two players, right, mm-hmm. of all players. And the other thing is, I always say this too, and I wrote about it last Sunday. From a winning standpoint, it's not a bad it's not a bad thing when you've got multiple players on contract years. Look, I mean, these guys are self motivated. They don't get to the NFL unless they're the elite athletes mm-hmm. and they they've they've driven themselves this far. They're not going to lay. No one's going to lay down and say, "Well, they don't like me, so I think I'll just go out there and half-ass it." That doesn't happen. But, but that only ha- that only happens if you're ready to call it a career. Exactly. But the opposite does occur, and that is, hey man, I'm always going to ball. That's you know, I'm I'm a baller. Like I know who I am. I'm I'm a I'm a dog, right? As as Dion would say. But now I'm really pissed off. Now I'm getting, now watch this, right? Like that just little bit. Cause I mean, the greater the player, you know, Michael Jordan, Todd Brady, like they'll create crap just to have a, a chip on their shoulder, even when there's none readily available. But tell a guy like Mike Evans, a prideful guy like Steven Stamkos that, yeah, you know, we're not ready to do that just yet. Just hang tight. Hey man, them are fighting words, right? And so you got Evans out there running for 70, you know, on a play. Like, that's these are, in the short term, these will benefit their teams. In the long term, we'll see. But um, you're seeing, at least in the case of Evans, like the impact of that. Like, it's it annoys him. And he's going to absolutely go out there and try to rip it every chance he gets. And for that reason, we'll see. You know, at the end of the year, if he wants to stay here, they'll make him an offer and try to keep him. But if he's got a, if it's a financial thing or number of years guaranteed, whatnot, I guess he would probably move on. You know, that would be my guess. But we're just such a long way from that, and that's why the Bucks weren't willing to commit to it. Now is they want to see they want, and then you know, what about their other players? And and are you getting a quarterback? Or are you drafting one? And you know, just a lot of players coming up for free agency. All right, thanks for your mailback questions. Those are really good ones, man. We were all over the board. We had Lightning, we had Bucks, we had Rays. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was uh, that was nice. Speaking of the Rays, uh, they begin a series against the Toronto Blue Jays through the weekend. This is their last home series. Man, it's hard to believe, right? 
mm-hmm. last home series for the Rays. So get out to the Trop and take a look around and see if you can uh, help them make the playoffs. Um, it's gonna be well. They've win. made the playoffs. Well, yeah, they've already clinched. win the division. Yeah. I should say yes. Yeah, they've made the playoffs. You're right. Um, but it could be fun. Uh, this you know Toronto Toronto's still fighting for a spot, right? Yeah, they're right now the top wild card or the second wild card. So this is this is good for both. Right teams. now, it'd be a Tampa Bay Toronto series, the first series in the playoffs. No kidding! Wow. But you take you sweep them, and it'll end up being Texas or Seattle or Houston, most likely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So something at stake for them, mm-hmm. for sure. And then uh, the box course, they're going to continue through the weekend to prepare for their Monday night game. That'll be a good one against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Eagle fans headed to town this weekend, so say hello to them. Great weekend in college football, man. Some really good games. Florida State at Clemson, I think, is is the marquee game that I'm going to watch. Matt Baker we'll will be there. Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oh, that's on a great Saturday. One too. There's there's like five or six top twenty five matchups this weekend. Finally, a yeah. huge weekend in college football of of ranked teams playing. I think if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, no matter even if they lose a game, I think they're a legit contender for a national championship. They may make it into at least the semifinals. So pretty exciting for the Fighting Irish. So, yeah, good good college football games. We'll enjoy all of that. We'll be back to get you ready for the Monday night football game, of course, uh, between the Bucks and the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 